Hey, everybody. Welcome to State of the Republic podcast. It is Sharon, Jared, and our new guest host today, Tina Carlson. And Tina is here because Luis is heading on vacation somewhere. And, you know, bless his heart, he's going to a place that's probably more humid than uh, Charleston, South Carolina, I think. So on that note... um, Welcome in, Tina. How's it going? Going good. Thank you for having me. It's a great day to be on after a great game that we just watched. A great game that we just watched. I don't know when we want to start with the ribbing because everybody takes a ribbing here on the show, but I'll let Jared. Jared, how's it going, man? Um, I'm almost fully recovered from this past Wednesday. I'm not feeling as worn out, uh, but this match, oh. Man, it was just just beautiful. Felt like another Oprah Gold Fest uh, tonight. But uh, we'll de- we'll definitely break that down uh, later on here in the podcast. That uh, other than that, I'm busy shutting off these notifications for all the weather advisories we got going on here: thunderstorm, flooding, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Whoa, that's amazing. Um, yeah, we're getting a little bit of cloud cover here in the Sacramento region, but I don't see it as anything quite like what you're getting you're in monsoon season there correct yep june through october june through october wow okay yeah and i just turned off i had to remember to turn off my outside and i'm still probably going to get some noise in the background because i can't figure out how to keep the sound going on my laptop but mute the other sounds that come in through other things so you know it is what it is louise isn't here to run the show (laughs) So the kids get to play. And me, myself, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Nobody asked, but that's okay. Thanks for asking anyhow. <laughs> how are you, Sharon? How, how are you doing this fine day? <laughs> you know what? Today was a bit of a nail biter. We really didn't have, except for Jared, we really didn't have like super big predictions for a run-up of goals. And, you know, and, and we knew that there was going to be a rotation of players. But little did we know that our guys were like, screw this, man. We got it. You know, and they just kind of showed their side that, you know, we are who we are. We are Sacramento Republic and we set the standard. It doesn't matter where we go or who we play against. Of course, Charleston is a little bit at the bottom of the barrel and we just made them feel even worse. <laughs> but we're good with that. We are so good with that. So anyhow. Um, yeah, I'm good. Today is my father's birthday. That is, and I'll start golazes of gratitude. I might as well. You guys think about yours. Um, you know, wishing my father a very happy 91st birthday. Bless his heart. We had the best cake. We had a great lunch. You know, the sister joined. Everybody knows my sister, Donna. Um, so we all joined in her husband. And and that was my first golaz of gratitude because she brought the cake. Bless her heart. You can't have a birthday without cake, right? So, nope. <laughs> yeah. And um, my second glaze of gratitude goes to Tina for coming on our show and weathering this, you know, this whole experience for her very first time. So big time shout out to Tina Carlson for coming on the show. And also a secret one. I don't think he's expecting this, but Luis, glaze of gratitude for you to do all the editing behind the scenes. And we promise we won't do too much sharing right? With us sharing, swearing. Um, Shoot. That's not what I wanted to say. 
um, because that will make his editing job just a wee bit harder. But he did say he brought his laptop, so I think he can do some editing, right, Jared? He can. <laughs> okay. See, see, I did. I did a little editing right there. <laughs> so um, you're welcome, Luis. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think I caught Jared off guard. He was on mute. And I think he was like, oh, she's talking to me. <laughs> so anyhow. Um, hey, let's go to Tina. What about your glasses of gratitude today? What you got? Yeah, so I'm actually going to give one back to you. Um, and thank you. And I know, I don't know if we're going to talk about this much today, but um, we're, you know, everybody's in a frenzy planning who's going to go out to Florida for the upcoming game. And so I did want to thank you for taking care of all the booking of the hotel for you and me um, yesterday. Cause I was in the middle of trying to work, but also figure out plane tickets and actual seats and everything else. So that was incredibly helpful that you um, kind of took that and ran with it, which was amazing. So that was my first one is a big thank you to you. Um, and then on the same vein, I also want to thank Southwest for finally listening, hopefully, to the all the customers and extending their, well, actually just getting rid of, I think, their expiration dates on the credits that they had. Um, because I think there were a lot of people, myself included, that were really disappointed in the fact that they were still expiring them even. You know, a lot of people, I had a bunch built up because of COVID. And so um, I was basically planning trips just to go somewhere because they were going to expire. I was going to go to the Vegas game just to use my points because they were going to go away. And then literally they made the decision to do that on, or they put out the announcement, I think the day before um, everybody was starting to plan the trip to Orlando. So it worked really well. I was able to use it for my flight home. So. Wow. That's excellent. Those are really good ones. And thank you so much for that. Um, And because we are staying at the embassy suites, not that I want anybody on the couch, but that has made it so much easier. You have two separate rooms, sleeping room, couch room, coffee room, table, all the other good stuff out there. And, uh, you know, if somebody happens to not make it home, we have the couch, right? Or if I snore, I get booted to the couch, right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the one thing I loved about the NBC suites in Oklahoma City, where I did a podcast uh, last year. I mean, the, the suite that I, that I had gotten... I mean, just like you said, it's a separate uh, room, uh, excellent breakfast. Well, at least a couple of times ago that the time I got woken up by the fire alarm multiple times, their food is still decent, but I say embassy suites as a whole. I mean, they're definitely a good place. You know, as a whole, some of them, some of them are getting, they're, they're a little old and I'm certain the one that we're going to be staying at isn't freshly new, but you know what? At the end of the day, it's not as expensive as you know, bless everybody's going to go to either the Aloft or the Embassy Suites or Airbnb. And that's really cool. I mean, my brain could be swayed if there was like an Airbnb right near the field. I mean, my brain could be swayed to, you know, a decent Airbnb if the costs were, you know, reasonable. But at the end of the day, to be where we are, it's literally just a walk across, not across the freeway, but under the freeway to the stadium makes it so easy for the whole experience and you know whatever it's going to be great so moving on jared what are your glasses of gratitude go for it bud okay so i'm going to uh, touch up on some uh, glasses that i might have uh, missed out on on thursday because i was so uh, worn out first of all glasses of gratitude to sharon for 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 wednesday for uh splitting the, the pizza and then also yeah for 
for allowing me to, to take care of her remaining uh, lemonade, you know, special lemonade. So, which actually wasn't that bad, you know, over there. Galazos of gratitude to Tina for joining us uh, today, given the uh, fact that Luis is scouting out uh, postseason hangouts for Phoenix Rising FC since they won't be making the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, so, so thank you very much for uh, taking the time out to join us here. Uh, I also do want to give uh, Galazos of gratitude to Southwest, uh, not necessarily for the flight credits uh, expiration situation, but for the fact that they were having a point sale. I was about a little over 2,000 points short of buying one of the flights to Orlando, but they were having a 40% off special if you buy 3,000 or more points. So instead of paying 320 uh, some odd for a round trip, I paid the $54 for the extra points, the $5.60 tax, and then 173 or so uh, for the flight back. So I ended up saving $87 doing it that way. So that's going to be more I'm going to be spending on uh, Publix uh, subs uh, a block away from y'all's hotel uh, when I fly back. Dude, you have got to take us all there. We've got to find that right time. And I don't care if it's the day after the match or whatever, because some of us aren't going to come home right away. Or, well, we'll talk about that here in a second. But you know, I would love to indulge. You talk so much about it. Uh, Tina and I are rooming together. Luis, maybe he'll be on our couch. We also found out that Crash is going and he's booked in at the Embassy Suites. Em- talking is hard. Embassy Suites. And maybe we should see if he needs a roommate. Maybe that's where Luis can land is, you know, to be a roommate with Crash. Wouldn't that be dandy? If yeah. Crash is cool with that. Yeah. Could, yeah. could see about that. Yeah. Hey, anything else, Jared? Are you good? Well, also to my manager for giving me the verbal okay for, for the time off. I mean, it's uh, it was pretty far off, uh, given the fact that it's uh, first week, first full week of September. But uh, that just set everything off to get everything going: the airfare, the uh, the tickets, and then also uh, of gratitude to Scott for letting me bunk with him over at the, the all off as well. So, th- thank you, thank you, loads. I know that's so awesome. Scott, Scott coming through for the lodging. I know he wants to have a lot of people stay there at the Aloft and some are. So it's really cool. We'll have plenty of camaraderie no matter where we are. Cause I think the Aloft Tina, isn't it just kind of like five blocks away from our hotel, something like that. I think it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. So there'll be, there'll be plenty of opportunity for us to, um, for everybody who's traveling from Sacramento to uh hobnob together and, go get Moscow mules and go get Publix and go get, you know, just be together. This is incredible. So just real quick before we dive into everything, listen, if you're not following us on social media, please do. We're on every platform you can think of. Just Google State of the Republic podcast. We appreciate everybody listening and commenting. Look at our website. Um, it's called uh, Sack Soccer Pod. Yeah. SackSoccerPod.com. Um and, you know, jump in, take a look, comment, do whatever. Just, you know, the more you follow and the, the more we find material for, um, especially if there's questions or, or whatnot. We really appreciate that. And we have so much fun doing these podcasts, either after the games or before the games or interviewing people. And, oh, my goodness, I got to tell everybody that 100th episode is going to drop next week. Uh, and next week, meaning like coming up this coming week, it's going to drop. And we're so excited. We've got some killer interviews. 
not going to tell you who they are, but as soon as we drop the pod, you'll see who we've gotten on our show. It's people you know, and it's people that you've heard from before. It's just, it's so killer. It was so excited to have a hundredth episodes. So stay tuned for that. And we'll talk about that at the very end too. We'll, we'll make another plug for the hundredth episode pod. So on that note, um, I know we're all still very high on the U.S. Open Cup. And looking at who we've brought in recently, we've brought in a couple folks. We talked a little bit about Lee Desmond. We talked a little bit about um, uh, Deshaun uh, Brown. And he actually saw some minutes today. We'll talk about him in a sec. But we we just brought in a, a loaned player, a loan defender, because look at this compressed schedule we have coming up. We've got New Mexico on Wednesday in New Mexico, and then they bounce back right home on um, against RGB on the sixth. And it's like, dang. And I'm thankful that uh, Mark and Todd were able to get some guys to come in and help us out. That's going to be killer down the road because all eyes are on us and this open cup berth. And yet we still have to do well in league. So without much further ado, are you guys ready to start talking about this match uh, against Charleston? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. So here's the deal. When they first started out, right, the game, the match, when we first started the match, hold on, let me just pull up a real quick share screen here. Uh, this one, give Luis something to, to do here. So on, on this, the you know, like within seconds, we got scored upon. Um, and not, I don't want to say seconds, but you know, right here, five the, minutes, I think. Yeah. Uh, in the, in the fifth minute, fourth, fifth minute, they were saying that Faraday lost his, no, not Faraday. Um, Duke lost his mark and let that, let that goal come in. So what did you guys think about that very first goal and any other responsibilities? And, you know, is that just travel legs? Is that just uh, a, a little bit of a lack of focus concentration? I mean, Connor Donovan was in at first. It's just like the guys, what, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I think, you know, we have to give the boys a little bit of you know slack. I think when it comes to the big, especially the beginning of this game, um, a lot of them have never played together. The, the new, I'm totally like Josh, I think is the name, the new defender that we brought in. Um, you know, he was a big, part of that play and no one has played with him. They've probably only had a, like a day of training with him if that, um, cause it almost seems like he may have flown straight there from Nashville. Um, so I think, you know, there is probably a lot of getting used to each other and just kind of feeling each other out in those first few minutes of the game. And unfortunately I think that that was one of the things that came out of it was a few missteps, um, which led to the goal. But they, you know, obviously turn that around later. Um, but I think I really do think a little bit of it was just some adjustment in the beginning. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, given the fact that this is the rotation squad and they don't really have a whole lot of minutes with each other uh, other than uh, against uh, Phoenix uh, last Saturday. And also you, you factor in Josh uh, Bauer just playing his first game with us just a couple of days, if, if that after signing with us on loan. You know, there's going to be some time to get used to the chemistry and that particular play itself. I mean, we definitely tried to put on a defensive pressure, but it just seemed like at one spot, there was one too many people and Charleston was a uh, right place, right time on that goal. So it wasn't really a whole lot to, to be said about that. I mean, it's, it, it happens. I mean, thankfully it wasn't as quick as against uh, 
Birmingham a couple of weeks ago within the first two minutes, but, but still, you know, it's, it was bound to happen with the rotation squad. I mean, they're, but they ended up working on it, you know, you know, getting better as the match progressed, you know, just had to start with that. Uh, unfortunately first uh, goal that we gave up. Yeah. It, you know, and I'm so grateful that Carlos saw some minutes today. You know, I, I think it's really important to make sure that he stays in top form and, you know, he's got to see these sorts of things. He's got to see the creation of the attack coming at him and he's got to see the gaps and the holes because, you know, you can't rely totally on Connor Donovan, Lee Desmond or any of our center backs to explain the process as it's coming at them. You really need your keeper to do that. So the more minutes that Carlos sees, the better he will be for us in those instances where we have to pull him in. So, um, you know, good, good observations, good observations and having, having the, the new defender coming in. I think it was great that we, that we were able to bring in somebody to give us a break, you know, to give our guys a little bit of um, a little bit of a break. So right away, right away, Emil Quayle, um, let's play that one in, in the 16th minute. It was debatable initially whether it was an own goal. So here we go. We've got a, a we've got Nick Ross taking this beautiful corner kick, right? He's he's setting up, getting ready to do this corner kick, right? And you know, Emil gets on Emil. We love Emil Quayle. Emil gets on the header. It goes in. It initially looks like a deflection. And then the excitement turns to wait a minute. Are you sure? Because there was an initial um, call that it was a own goal, um, a deflection and an own goal, but it was going in anyhow. So I think that's why it was um, it was called for uh, Emil Cuello to get the goal because it did touch one of the other defenders, but the ball was going in anyhow. So I think that was why they called it uh, a Cuello goal. Um, so not much to say about that, except for yay, Emil, he needed to get that. And he actually was quite stellar in the match because there was a, a goal shortly after that, that he set up, um, with, uh, with Luther, right. Mm-hmm. And it was from Emil. So I think we're, we're actually watching an equal, or, um, so this is the, okay. So the second goal that we scored, it was a pop-up from Emil that Luther just nicely slotted in the net. And we all love Luther because we need him to be confident, right? So what did you guys think about uh, the Emil to Cuello, Cuello to Luther assist angle? You want to go first, Jared? Uh, uh, Just seeing how this uh, progressed, I mean, uh, it definitely spoke volumes, the fact that uh, we we were in there striking. I mean, we weren't just laying up in the cut, uh, looking for opportunities. Uh, I mean, they they just – Ran in there, saw the opportunity, got in numbers, and then Luther just sings us this goal right here from that sharp of an angle. And, of course, getting the assist from Emil, a beautiful uh, passing opportunity right there. So I'm just glad we were able to strike back, take the lead, and then move forward. What do you think, Tina? Yeah, and I think it was a good buildup from Cuello having, I mean, not just scored a goal, but he was he had scored previously to that so it was a good build-up for him help boost his confidence you know he hasn't been getting a ton of playing time lately so I think it's really great that he's out there being part of all these plays and being a playmaker so um and, and I think it's good for Luther too and um, you know he 
he tends to be a late sub a lot of times. Um, so I just, I think it's just really good that these guys who haven't been getting maybe as much time are getting in there and then also making plays and getting scores in the process. Right. And, you know, I think it's critical that these guys, like we've been talking, you know, in a rotation, everybody needs to get their feet on the ball and they need to feel the field um, and they need to feel the players around them, especially if, you know, we are having a rotation. And it was interesting, Nick Ross played the full 90 today and it was it was a beautiful scene to have him do that. But if you think about the guys that were rested, it was Dan Casey. Um, we had Jack Gurr resting. We had Roro staying home. Um, Kecko stayed home. So we had some guys that got a chance to rest. And that's important to have, you know, this other squad. And even though we'll get to it at halftime, we'll talk a little bit about the subs um, or, you know, the rotation in from the bench. We had a couple of really good defenders. Lee, it's almost like, I swear to God, behind the scenes, Connor Donovan and Lee must have gone to Rochambeau as to who was going to start as the primary center back slash captain kind of guy, right? To, you know, to marshal the new guys and to, you know, kind of keep things going and keep the flow going. And at the last minute, there was a lineup change. Lee Desmond was shown as in the starting 11. And then what we saw on the field was Connor Donovan. And like Adam and, and Rob McAllister were like thinking, what was the deal? What's the deal? What was going on with Lee? And I was thinking to myself, they just Rochambeau at the last minute to decide who was going to take the, the starting, you know, lead in the, in the back because you don't want to have them both playing 90. You know, I mean, come on. They both just did a massive performance last Wednesday. So it was kind of cool to see, you know, that Lee came on in the second half and, and Connor got a chance to breathe. It was, it I don't know. I, I always find humor in a little bit of maybe what thinking about what could possibly have gone on behind the scenes with respect to that. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I know I'm a nineties team, but there's only one thing I think about when I hear the word Rochambeau South park. <laughs> so I, I know Sharon, you're, you're intending a different thing, but I'm sorry. There's, there's only one, one thing that, that comes to the brain when I hear that word and it's not fun. Okay. There's that, uh, you know, you're going to have to put a, a meme up there somewhere. Um, rock, scissors, paper. How about that? Does that make better sense? Was it rock, scissors, paper, Spock, lizard, or lizard, Spock? I forget which one, how the last two go. Tina, do you remember how that one goes? They yeah, added- yeah. I mean, I, I think it's rock, paper, scissors specifically. Right. I don't, but the, yeah, I don't know about the other end piece. Rock, paper, scissors, lizard, Spock, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who added and why they added lizards, lizard Spock, but I don't even know how, I mean, I know how you do, you know, Spock, but I don't know how you do lizard. So, and I don't know which is higher lizard or Spock. Hey, we haven't talked about food yet, except for Publix. And we only gave that just a tiny bit of airplay. Now we're talking about lizard Spock and this is a soccer podcast, but when sometimes you're thinking about how things go, you have the rocks, rock, paper, scissors, whole Rochambeau thing going on behind the scenes for things that go first, you know, picking sides, all of that. So that's how that got to that point. Sorry, Luis. I don't know if that's like a massive edit or if we can just keep going. All right, we'll keep going. So that was our, um, our two one. And that gave us like massive confidence. And so in the meantime, I'm thinking (laughs) pod dinner winner. And I'm thinking, hold this score. Let's just stay at two one. But it was only in, you know, we're only in the first half. 
and our guys look pretty promising. And so I, I just kind of had that sinking feeling like, oh, well, you know, maybe it won't, um, maybe things will uh, be different. And sh- sure, sure enough, um, my hope was dashed because in the 42nd minute, Charleston Battery tied it up. And this was the weirdest freaking goal. There was so much chatter behind the scenes that this uh, that the player was offside. But at the end of the at the end of the game, when Adam and Rob were doing highlights, they said that the player was barely onside, like he was a hair onside, even though it looked like he was freaking three feet offside. What did you guys think about uh, Charleston's goal? What were your thoughts on on the uh, on the next uh, Charleston goal, Tina? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I didn't, I didn't really question it. I know, I think it was like you said, Adam or someone had made a comment about him being offsides at the time. You know, to me, it looked like it was close, but yeah, I mean that that shot right there, it looks looks like he may have been past the last defender, but um, I think Duke, it's Duke back there. Um, but I'm, I don't know. I mean, in the end, it's hard to get upset about it when we know we won at this point. <laughs> if it had been the difference maker, maybe then, you know, there'd be more more to worry about. Yeah, I mean, it looked real, real close as far as uh, offside goes. But, uh, you know, with, without having VAR or anything like that, we just unfortunately are at the mercy of the referee's decision. And they somehow spot it was just centimeters onside still and let the goal go. So, but. You know, it is what it is. We just have to move forward with it. Right. You know, looking at this over and over and over, especially in real time, the first camera angle, he was offsides. He seriously was offsides until the ball rebounded off of Carlos. And it used to be that once a defender played it, this was a long time ago, and I doubt the rules are still the same, but it was like once a defender played it, it was um, it was deemed like a live, the ball, the ball was deemed to be live. If you know what I mean, does that make sense? Um, And that you didn't have to worry so much about the offsides at that point. And Carlos played it, but the player and the initial attack was offsides, you know, and he was standing offsides when um, the players crossed it in front. So anyhow, and there were a couple of players that had very similar names. What was it? Quaqua and Laqua. Um, I thought that was interesting. Jane pointed out, you know, that it's got to be hard for the announcers to say that Lacroix was marking Quaqua and all of those sounds coming out. I would totally screw that up, but um, I don't have to worry about that because I'm not a game announcer. Um, Yeah. All right. So then um, we go into, I believe we go into the locker room. Oh, no, we go into the locker room ahead. Sorry. Um, no, the next one's Zico's. Right. Oh. Z- oh. Did you say the word Zico, Tina? You said I did. Word. You said Zico. So you guys, yeah, Jared, unmute yourself right now. Let's pile on. We are piling on Tina. Months ago, Tina was all like, yeah, Z-Man, you know, what did it, la, la, la. She was like all behind him. And then we kind of coined Tina as the number one fan for Zico Lewis, right? And we just have never let her let that live that one down. So of course, in the chat behind the scenes, when Zico scores, it's like, yes, Tina. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She has been humanely branded with the Z mark. 
exactly no yeah I mean I was really happy to see him him score for sure um you know yeah and and I'll be the first to admit he has not performed up to what I think a lot of people were hoping he would I just I definitely saw some potential in him he had some really nice bursts of speed he still does um but in some of the past games where he was given the opportunity to start and he wasn't really panning out quite the way I think that we all hoped but I was really glad to see him get that. He was in the right place. He had a perfect run. Um, it was, you know, it was kind of textbook, really, when you when you look at it. So I was I was happy to see that he was able to connect again. I think he has one other goal this year, but he was definitely due for one. And and you know who who set him up and who played out of his mind today was Luther. Luther, yeah, you know, he played out of his mind. And if it wasn't for Luther's hard work. And bodying up on these guys, you know, Luther's a big guy. And even the announcers were saying how Charleston's height was less than, you know, some of our guys, you know, are like, look at that. Totally mows a guy down. If you're a defender, you don't go, you don't go down. We hate it when our defenders go down that easy, but you, you go up against Luther, Luther's solid. And that, and that defender, man, he just, he just went down. He folded up his tent, like, you know, and just went down his little pup tent it was uh all it was all over for him when Luther got a hold of him he spun him and Zico just knew exactly where to go and it's interesting uh so so Zico put it back the way that the ball came the ball came in from our left side and Zico went back to the left side because typically when a goalkeeper is tracking across the goal they're off on the wrong foot they're on their away foot and Zico smartly played the ball back the way it came and so sometimes you get the keeper wrong footed so that was a really really smart play jared your thoughts yeah that that was a beautiful screen i mean the, the fact that uh zico was 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 open he got the opportunity from, from luther luther just punched it in and then zico you know did his thing finally got that goal and, and i agree with tina i mean we had we were kind of having a little high expectation from zico and you know, so, some things happen and might not be able to carry their mouth immediately, but he is just getting better and better this year. And it's finally paid off and he's got this goal that we so desperately needed. So definitely things are going on the up and up for Zico. We're definitely glad. Yeah, excellent. So just before halftime, um, the first yellow card was issued and I'm sure it was a frustration yellow card because it was it was issued in that um, it was in 45 plus two minutes. So that was kind of cool that they were issued a yellow card, but then at the end of the game, I think we ended up with either two or three. We'll figure that one out here in a second. But um, so coming into the second half of this match, by the way, I love listening to, you know, the announcers for Fox 40, you know, Adam and, and Rob break things down on the, at, at halftime for us. Cause it helps us. It actually helps us digest the game a little better and, and get a little bit smarter because there was a lot of um, there was a lot of good information that happened there. Um, okay. So we get barely, barely into the second half. Right. And um, we have one of our favorite hometown boys gets a chance on the ball in the 48th minute. And it's, it's a, it's a wonderful setup here. It was a little bit of a deflection. Matt LaGrasa doesn't take the ball back the way it was coming, which is typical when they tell you when you're shooting. He saw an empty near post, and that's exactly where he went. Um, 
so what did you guys think of Lala? I mean, this couldn't have been any better. This just couldn't have been any better for him. Yeah, I mean, this is probably my favorite goal just because I'm I'm super happy to see Matt get one in. Um, you know, like you said, he's he's another hometown uh, player of ours. So I think everyone, you know, loves him a little bit more on that side of things. So it was really good. And, you know, it, it doesn't look like it's a super hard shot. But we all know that we've seen plenty of shots that look like they should have been give me's and like should have been super easy to get in. And it's it's not hard for the players to shank it or to go high and not, you know, not get it in in correctly. So while it looks like it should be a pretty easy goal, you know, he still had to compose himself to do it and he still had to get it in, um, you know, with with ease. So, um, yeah, I was just really happy to see him get a goal. Yeah, and look who the assist was, shall we say, man of the match. Was it Luther? It was Luther. That was Luther. That was all Luther running up that that right flank of ours, their left. He was punishing. Luther literally was the punisher today. I swear to you, we love it when Luther is, he's just, you know, he just didn't take no for an answer. It didn't matter what was going on. He did not, didn't stop. He was a, he was a critical player tonight. And yeah, he ran over a few people. So <laughs> it's, it's just like I've said in the chat, the man played smooth like Luther Vandross and gave it gave Charleston the business like Uncle Luke from two life crew. I like it. I like it. And then, you know what? I know Luis Armano is going to be so pleased because the weather, the situation we're up, we're up. You know, now we're up like uh, what's what's the score here now? Four two at this point. No, wait. Yes, 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 yes. So yeah, we're up four two, and the smart subs start happening. So uh, Zico gets pulled out, but of course, yeah, I think he had something was going on with his knees. And Adam Moffat, when they were showing Zico, I mean, literally the camera would not stop being on Zico um, for the way he was walking off the field. He was like doing like this high knee walk as he was coming off the field and he was like, yeah, we know he's not feeling right. But then Adam said, that is not normally how Zico walks. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But um, so he comes off and Dami comes on, Dami Avia there, he comes. And then they give Connor Donovan a break, which is great. You know, he's still coming back into full fitness. Lee Desmond, who played a massive game over, you know, last Wednesday, he's on now. And then moments later, or same moment, we have uh, Matt LaGrasse coming out to everybody's applause in the background. We're all applauding him, right? And he's happy. He doesn't care. He did what he needed to do. He got the he got a goal. And then Luis Felipe, he comes in, right? Luis put in a good work effort on Wednesday, but he's gonna run his legs. So those subs all happened, and you know the other team made some subs, but he was barely in eight minutes, and he doesn't get to yell the card. And I, I just think it's funny, you know, when, when that happens, we're ahead, we're, you know, we're, we're winning. And the next thing, you know, you know, Lee, Lee Desmond draws a yellow. And I don't know how I feel about that one. Like he got the ball. I, I, I think it was Adam that made some comments about how nowadays he kind of went through the players. <laughs> you can't, I guess, do that as much. You're not supposed to do that as much. Um, but I still, I don't know. I, I struggle with that because he very clearly hit, the ball first to me and then unfortunately kind of took dude out too so <laughs> so that was a good eye that was a good eye tina and uh yeah and then what we're watching here is later in the game 
Um, Charleston had a bit of a moment, you know, they were, they'd made a couple of subs. One of their, one of the former Reno players stepped on to the pitch and, you know, there was some danger happening, but Carlos made a really good save on the, on the near post when he was getting shot at by a soccer ball, by a player with a soccer ball, not shot at. So I I think, I think he did a a really good job in preventing a, a goal from happening. Um, you know, Carlos, Carlos did what he was supposed to do. And then, you know, closing out the game, you know, we see Malik being Malik, Malik Foster, you know, making every attempt to try to score goals and, and do what Malik does best. But at the end of the day, that was it for, for goal scoring opportunities, you know, unsung heroes, Nick Ross. Um, oh yes. Oh, the almost goal by Deshaun Brown. Oh my goodness, man. That if he hadn't been one step behind that, we would have run up the score. It would have been five two. That was beautiful. What do you guys think of the almost goal? Yeah, I mean, looking at his face, I think he knew he was offsides. Um, but I, I do think it it's nice to you know him being. I think this is what his second game in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's even though it wasn't technically a goal, it's always good to feel yourself put the ball in the net. I'm sure so it just helps kind of build his confidence since he's, you know, still just getting up to speed. And it shows that the front line is able to make that connection too, even if he was a little bit too far forward. Yeah. I'm lo- loving the fact that uh, Deshaun is, is definitely putting in the work, uh, especially with just being the uh, second league game he's played with the uh, Republic FC. Uh, he did play against Phoenix last Saturday and he put in a good effort on that one as well. So great that we're seeing this work uh, from him. And yeah, I mean, it just came maybe centimeters or so away from being a goal. I mean, that would have been great, you know, to draw a close to the month of July, especially with the month that we've had aside from Wednesday and today. Absolutely. And, you know, just to, just to say that, you know, Deshaun came in for Emil and Emil had a goal and an assist, you know, that's bolstering Emil's confidence and, you know, Deshaun actually got some minutes. It wasn't like he was subbed in at the 90th minute. He actually got to play, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So that was pretty cool. Really good for him, for him to see that. So let's take a, a quick peek at the stats. So this is how the game ended. 4-2. Happy as can be, except for one thing. And that was, and we were talking about this in the chat behind the scenes. We were talking about how uh, a ball went out of bounds and it went to our bench. And Danny Dicchio picked up the ball and apparently threw it away from the direction of play or where uh, the other team could get the ball quickly and do a throw in. And he was red carded. That was harsh. Thoughts about how harsh that is, which basically means he doesn't go to New Mexico. He doesn't travel with the team. He has to sit a game. Thoughts. Do you think that's going to get appealed? Is it appealable? I would think it would be. I mean, granted, yes, it's in the, dying minutes and yes it would have been fair play to toss it towards the uh, officials or to uh charleston play or anything like that but i'm noticing on on here that there's showing zero red cards but then again maybe this is just applicable for players only as far right. as that goes right because when you look back at the uh, match stats on google um you know because that's kind of where we cheat we look on on google for our, our information and and uh, on the match stats, there's there's nothing there about uh, Danny getting the red card because um, it's it's basically about the players. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll they'll probably you know, attempt an appeal as far as that goes. But uh, 
I, I mean, I don't know. It just seems a little ticky tacky. But I mean, I, I get why they want to call it. I mean, with as little time as they had left, I mean, really, did Charleston even have a chance of scoring two goals to at least make it up? I mean, let's be real. Yeah, I think it was proven. Trying the ref was probably proving a point. I, I think that's probably. I, I didn't actually see. I, I I think I looked away. I didn't see it, and they didn't do a replay. Um, I only saw him holding up the red card. I didn't actually see the action, so can't really speak to what. But I know we have some friends who said they saw it, and he, I guess, clearly did that. I don't know. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's probably the ref just making the point. But you know, you know, you're you got a point there, and it's funny. We just watched a play, which was the play that occurred right after um, Danny was uh, ejected. You know, it was the throw in that finally got to happen after Danny was ejected for on the red card. But I'm hoping that you know we'll will um appeal that but we also joked or i did about having uh well if you can't have danny dicchio uh, uh travel with the team on wednesday why not just uh throw todd dunovan into the mix and uh see if he can't be uh sitting on the bench because you're allowed to have so many you know he is the gm he could technically sit on the bench and and be part of the the staff on the bench in new mexico it's like if we all vote you know like let's all vote Todd Denevick has to travel if Danny cannot. That would be awesome, right? Having Todd on the bench. What do you think? Yeah, um, I think, you know, he's already built that rapport with the players too. So slide him right into that spot for a game. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just get him on the bench, you know, uh, maybe, ha- maybe have, uh, you know, maybe a bib just in case he needs to go on. Hell, I mean, it's still season. You know, maybe give him a couple of hats, chili peppers, you know, on the side, you know, got, got to eat, you know, that's funny. That's really good. Let me just pull up. So, so on the match stats using Google, because we always use Google, we love cheating on Google or cheating with Google. Um, it showed that we had less possession. We had less completed passes. We had fewer corner kicks and we still came away with four to win. What do you guys think about that? I'll be honest. Every time I see possession, listed half the time i it's a game that i've watched and to me it looks like we had way more possession so obviously i'm not seeing something the same way that it's being calculated um i will alter this one i mean i think it it, it looked pretty evenly split in the big, first half specifically we weren't winning some of those first balls um at least not initially so i can see how maybe that gave a little bit of an edge to um Charleston from that perspective, although we did a much, much better job the second half. I mean, we started winning the balls, um, which obviously shows in the score. But. Well, it's going to be like uh, possession doesn't really matter for us. I mean, last Saturday against Phoenix, Phoenix uh, pretty much had the lion's share of uh, possession in, in first half and a good chunk of the second half. But, you know, this time around, we had less possession, but it didn't matter because we were able to get uh, four of those shots in. And we're bringing home the three points. So I don't know. Maybe possession isn't too much of a big thing lately. Good point. Good point. Listen, so looking really quick at um, at the standings, I thought we were in fifth place. But what just happened? El Paso started their game. And the USL's website always shows the current play status. So El Paso started playing at 630. So we were in fifth place. And then right as our game ended, El Paso started. So if they're tied right now with whoever they're playing, um, it's, they're going to give them one point. 
if they lose this game, they, they'll drop down back down below us. It looks like if they tie, they'll stay above us probably. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Right. I was just, I didn't realize that El Paso had already started their match. So good. Yeah. Good catch. So looking real quick at the, at the standings, cause I know that Luis would want us to do this. We've got San Antonio in first place with 21 points or 21 games played and 50 points. It's like an amazing record. Good for them, but we hate them, you know, whatever. And then Colorado Springs, which, I mean, these teams, except for New Mexico United, these teams have all lined up with who Rob McAllister, I keep saying that, Rob McAllister predicted this mix. Not New Mexico necessarily. I don't think he had them in the top five or six, but all of these others, he sure did. He had San Antonio and Colorado Springs being right there in one and two, but the form for Colorado has not been that good. San Antonio, last five matches, they've all they've won. And then we've got San Diego Loyal in third place. Last two matches, their run of form is really good. They've got four wins, one loss, um, 22 games played. So we've got two games in hand with respect to San Diego and with respect to El Paso, we've got four games in hand because El Paso just started their 24th match today. We've only had 20 matches and with 33 points. So if we even up, the match played, we could and continue winning our winning form. We could technically um, move ahead here. So, um, and then we all, after San Diego is New Mexico United with uh, 20 matches played 35 points. And then El Paso with 24 matches and 34 points and Sacramento with 20 and 33 points. And then the rest of, well, I mean, Las Vegas is still chomping at our heels, 22 matches, 32 points, but We've got two games in hand with them. And then LA Galaxy 2 has 23 matches and 31 points. So we're in good shape there. And then, you know, we don't even kind of don't even need to look at the rest of the table. And it's kind of unfortunate. Uh, Monterey Bay FC was predicted to be at the bottom of the basement just simply um, because they're a first-year team. And it's hard on a first-year team coming, coming into that area of California. I mean, that Sacramento locked out in 2014 when we first opened our season because we were able to get some incredible players to begin with. And I don't think Monterey Bay FC has the same caliber. They have a great coach, but the caliber of players as a mix, I don't think is quite what we had when we first started league. So any thoughts on, on the standings guys? Although their last five games well, aren't horrible. <laughs> Yeah, their last run of form is better. Yeah, uh, just real quick, as far as the time of recording of, of this of this match, we we do have both the San Antonio and LA Galaxy currently tied at zero at the seventy eighth minute. Uh, El Paso is tied with Lou City at the forty eighth minute, zero zero. Uh, Orange County is actually leading San Diego one nil at the thirty fifth minute, and then towards the uh, top and bottom of the uh, of the standings. Phoenix and, and Colorado just started a few minutes ago, the fifth minute. There's, so they're 0 0. As for Las Vegas, they tied with Atlanta 1 1. So that's uh, where we stand so far at the time of recording. So that'll hopefully give a little, little better uh, word on the uh, standings. But of course, we have to wait for those matches to end. Uh, but yeah, Mo as far as Monterey, I think if uh, Rafi Diaz had stayed healthy, that would have definitely given them a, a more fighting chance. We would probably be seeing them at 11th or 10th instead of dead last in the Western conference. 
That's a very good point. You know, it's just too, it's too bad about Rafi's shoulder. You know, really, really, really too bad about that that whole incident that occurred where he had to have you know some repairs done. But um, at the end of the day, I look to Sacramento Republic, our fitness. Uh, let's let's kind of do a, a quick little rewind rewind in our brain about um, last Wednesday. Last Wednesday was not kind heat wise for the players. It wasn't as hot as it could have been, but our guys, only one player of ours showed any cramping during the match when their players on, on Kansas city it was like three or four or five of them, like were totally cramped up. And one of the things that our uh, doctor of physical therapy, Katie Norton mentioned, she goes, Luke Rayfield, our strength and condition and conditioning coach works with these players so much so that they can withstand whatever's thrown at them and their nutrition and their balance, you know, of things that they consume during the game is phenomenal. I mean, they take such good care of our players and they work them so well um, that, that, and I was talking to my sister earlier, um, the 90 minute training session, if there's a 90 minute, they train at a very high peak uh, conditioning level. When Luke gets a hold of them for the first 20 minutes, and I shouldn't be divulging all the secrets, but I'm gonna for a second, when Luke Rayfield gets a hold of our guys, the first 20 minutes of a training, you know, just regular training is pure conditioning, man. They're, they're sprinting, they're running, they're hard, they're, they're hard, their pulse rate is getting way up there and he's really working them out. And then the coach, you know, I, I honestly believe that he doesn't slack. I mean, it's like, you're going to work hard through all of the drills, everything that, that they're running so that you're, you're mimicking match fitness. We had an interview with Emma Clementa um, about a year ago or so where he was sharing a little bit about what Precky did to get the guys match fit during training sessions. And it really helped. And, and I believe that that's why we don't crater as easily, you know, as other, other teams do other players. I don't know. I, I think our fitness is just super. What do you guys think about the fact that we, some of our guys went 120, 120 minutes on Wednesday and they were phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, I, that's what I was going to say is I, I don't think we, we can argue any of that. M all, most of those plays went 120 minutes and still pulled out penalty kicks on top of it and won the game. So, I mean, I think the game is evidence that some of those guys are incredibly well fit right now. Yeah, I mean, going back to even last year or so, I mean, we were plagued with injuries, it seemed like. But this year, I mean, we're churning out Iron Man, basically. I mean, it seems like it anyway. Just like uh, Tina had said, the fact that they went 90 minutes, then 30 more minutes, and then having to do PKs, and they haven't had to do that, but they managed, they plugged through and still managed to get the win on Wednesday. I mean, that just speaks volumes to, to the training and conditioning and wellness team that uh, the club has. I mean, they are doing a phenomenal job, to say the least. And, you know, honestly, it also speaks to the player's mentality. So not even just their physical fitness, but just their mental fitness on top of it too, right? Like just having the willpower and the sheer motivation to continue on the way they did. I think, you know, it speaks volumes to that as well. Excellent. So I'm going to bring up a, a, a topic right now, kind of taking off, uh, off the track a little bit about a star on the walk of fame for Sacramento. And I believe Roro needs to get a star on Sacramento's walk of fame. And 
I want to start a campaign that recognizes that man for everything he's done. You heard the our broadcast announcers talk about he is probably the best athlete that we have ever produced for a Sacramento team. You just name the sports, name them all. I think of every of any athlete that played locally that has played here in Sacramento, there's only one. I mean, the man is he's like an Ironman. Who who does what he does at his age, right? And so I'm starting a campaign right here and now. And if anybody's listening to this, Connor Sutton. Yeah, yeah, Louisa, you're going to have to put that noise in. I heard it. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Connor Sutton, please, let's get that something started. And I know, Tina, you also had an idea. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I, I don't know much about the Walk of Fame in Sacramento, but if, you know, I don't know what's like involved with getting somebody on it, but. I would say you'd probably have, you know, tens of thousands of fans for sure behind that. Um, because not, not even just the fact that he's continuing to produce and lead and do what he's doing right now at his age, but you also have to go back and look at the first two seasons he was on the team as well. And what he did for us, he was a pivotal piece of winning the championship that very first year, right. Especially those last few games and everything he did with those. So I think, yeah, just the culmination of everything that he's done and just how much respect he he gets from the players and and the fans. And he truly, you know, he said multiple times, this is his, this is his home. Like he considers Sacramento his his second home, basically. So, um, you know, he trains the kids. He he's out there in the community. I I would totally agree with that. But my yeah, my secondary thought on that was just that. I know there's been jokes about like erecting a statue for him. I think there was an announcer that made a comment about that or something like that. And maybe that's a little overboard. Um, Cause you, I don't know that you can go around erecting statues for every great player that we have, but um, you know, they're going to be building a new stadium. And I absolutely think that it would be totally appropriate to, you know, whether it's a plaque or a picture, picture montage, whatever, you know, it is, I don't think it would, you know, there would, I don't think you'd, have a single fan that would complain if they put something up to honor Roro. And I think that they should probably retire his jersey too. Yep. Yeah, I I would totally agree. I mean, I, I barely saw the uh, the Walk of Fame myself this past Thursday when I was walking around downtown uh, just killing off time. And I actually seen a couple of those entries. So I would say at minimum, yeah, Roro definitely needs to be on that Walk of Fame. I mean, since 2014, I mean, he's definitely made his mark here. It made his mark in Sacramento. I mean, he's pretty much up up in the status of LeVar Burton, Lady Bird Tower Records. He submitted his his legacy in Sacramento with just these past few years alone. The man is, is a legendary status. And I'm sorry, Chris Weber, I, I love you still, but Roro's got, got your beat, sir. I mean Roro brought us a championship. Come on. Ex- ex- exactly. That's what that's why I'm saying. I I mean the man, the man has legendary status. I mean, he's he's no longer he does not have to pay for for beer or seafood or bakunis in Sacramento County and possibly other outlying counties as well. I mean, I'll put it that way. That I mean, that's just me. He has key to the city status in my mind. You know, let's face it, he's helped put Sacramento on the map over and over and over. And what's so funny is he's so self-effacing. You know, the whole entire time, whole entire time, he just, 
He deflects a lot of the praise. He always says he has to work harder. There's more that he can do. You know, he's still growing and learning. And it's like, dude, you are an amazing. He is so amazing. You know, if you're not following Rodrigo Lopez on social media, you need to follow it. I mean, the man is just flipping. He's brilliant, right? So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And he's incredibly humble. He he almost always, whenever, in any interview he does, um, not only does he always say that there's more, like you said, there's more that he could be doing, but he also always makes a point to commend his team and talk about how it's not an individual effort, it's team effort, and commend, you know, the other players who were rock stars of the game. So, yeah, I mean, he's he, he really does, he tries not to take a lot of credit himself, even though he really does deserve it. Good point, you guys. Good point. Well, I have stalled long enough. Um, as I'm trying to pull up information for the next phase, do we do pod dinner winner or winner dinner first, or do we do unsolved mysteries first? Jared, do you remember how the order goes? Um, as far as uh, the winner dinner, I mean, there really hasn't been any change. I mean, I don't think any of us scored any points given the fact that the score was four two, and um, the first goal it wasn't scored by anyone we picked. So I mean, we could just go by the standings right now, I and mean, that's probably what we could do. Right. Well, I was going to just repeat what where we where we are right now in mm-hmm. the odd dinner winner. Nothing has changed, and even though I predicted a two one score with Luther scoring first, and I was hopeful that Emil's goal was an own goal, but nope. It wasn't. So neither myself nor Luis were able to get a point on the goal scorer. And none of us got the points right. Although, Jared, you were the closest with the 3-1 win, a, a two-point gap in there. It was actually 4-2. So if we added a point to each one of your numbers, it would have been the right score. But nope, didn't happen. And then Dougie didn't see any pitch today. So that was interesting. Yep. Yeah. So so at the end of the day, um, we're still at the same thing with Luis with 11 points, Sharon with six, and Jared with five. And again, Jared, you and I add up to Luis. Um, I don't know how that makes you feel, but we're older than him and he's younger and he's beating us. So age and treachery does not match youth and speed or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's, what. yeah. 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 Grr. Um, so there's that. So um, if you want to, I think we can do our predictions now for the next two matches upcoming. Cause I think we're going to have a com- condensed because the matches come so fast at us. We're not going to do a podcast after we are going to do a podcast, but it's not going to be until after we have our home match for RGV. And so, um, because Luis is out of town and we can't just throw this stuff at him like willy nilly. So we're going to let the game versus, Oh, I would love to do a quick podcast, man. After the upcoming game at New Mexico, I would just love to talk about that before Friday, uh, before Saturday's match. But anyhow, we've got two matches to think about for um, predictions, and then we'll go to USL Unsolved Mysteries. So let's uh, let's have and Tina, we're going to let you have a guest prediction, even though it doesn't count, right? Um, yeah. So if you want me to go first, I'll jump in. I thought about this a bit. Um, you know, I as much as I'd love to say that I think we're going to beat New Mexico, I was looking at some of the history, and I mean, they're doing really well. Um, I think we tied them the last time we played, and that was at home. Um, so we're already kind of, you know, 
on the losing end just because we're playing there uh, traveling and we've we just talked about you know how much traveling they're doing right now and, and everything else um so that's probably going to play a little bit of a factor so my my gut is saying like a one one or two two tie um hopefully I'm wrong this is one of those I hope I'm wrong <laughs> situations but I could see maybe maybe a tie um just because of how much travel they've been doing um and just because of how well New Mexico has been doing recently and then for the RGV game I you know we're back home I think that um I'm going to go ahead and call it 2-1 win on that one. Um, I think we we always play better at home with the exception of, I think, of the one game. <laughs> um, so I, I'm going to give us a little bit of um, the benefit for that one. And I think Roro scores in that goal, that that first goal in that one, um, seeing as it's his old team coming into the, into the venue. And I think maybe someone like Luis on, in the New Mexico game would be the, the first score. Sounds like a plan. Jared, let's go to you because I actually have uh, I have Luis's predictions in my pocket. Let's go to you. Who do you got? Okay. For the New Mexico. Uh, yeah, New Mexico, that's going to be a tough one right there. Um, I hope I'm wrong on this, but uh, I, I see 2-1 go to New Mexico, unfortunately. I mean, the, the lab has always been uh, hectic for us to play in. Uh, as far as who gets uh, the goal... You know what? I, I'm going to say Zico is, is going to be on a hot streak. So I, I say Zico for the first goal. Uh, if he doesn't play, then I am. I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm going to say Deshaun uh, Brown. You know, he, he may have a chance on that. Okay. And then, then for RGV, since we're going to be on home, home there, I would say 2-1 we win. And first goal score, I am going to go with uh, Malik Foster. Uh, if he doesn't get it, then Luthor Shamed. You mean if he doesn't see the pitch? Got it. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Well, my predictions, thank you so much for that, Jared and Tina. My predictions are New Mexico 1-1 tie with Luther scoring the first goal. And if he sees no pitch, then I've got Dougie. Might as well bring back, resurrect the Dougie. Short shorts. He better. Okay. And it, I know it's at altitude, but we'll see what happens. Um, and then for the RGB match, it's a home match. Like you, I'm going with a 2-1. Um, I kind of hope I'm wrong. I'm hoping it's a 2-0 kind of a thing. And I have Dami scoring the first goal. If he sees no field, then I've got Roro. So there's that. So let's look at what Luis has, just so that everybody knows. Um, we are um, – okay, his predictions are that we tie – New Mexico 2-2. So he's kind of like you, Tina. You said either 1-1 or 2-2. Well, Luis picked the 2-2 end of it. And he also, just like me, he picked Luther. And if he he doesn't see the pitch, then he also picked uh, Luis Felipe. And I think that's who you had as your first pick. So he picked him if Luther doesn't see the field. And then, oh gosh, Luis Urbano goes well out on a limb on this prediction. For RGV at home, he predicts a 3-1 drubbing, right? And he has Roro being the scorer. And if he doesn't, if he's not there, doesn't see the field, then he's going to pick Luis Felipe. So it's kind of like we have this pod of guys that we're like in them we trust to score in our brains. 
right? And I love it being all mixed up. I would love it if it wasn't any of those guys. Like you picked a Shorn. It's like, way to go. We used to pick defenders because for a while there, we were scoring on set pieces on corners. And so like Dan Casey, Connor Donovan, and now nobody's like picking the defenders anymore. <laughs> I still want Gurr. I, I still say Gurr is going to score this season. He just needs to be at the right place. He needs to be further out, um, but not enough to put a prediction on that. <laughs> Good point. Good point. So we've done game analysis. We've done our predictions. Now it's time for our favorite segment. And I know Luis Urbano is cueing the music. I can hear it now. We have USL Unsolved Mysteries. Jared, what do we got? All right. Now, first of all, I do not need y'all call, uh, calling the, the, man, the man with the jackets that let me hug myself when I speak on this. So. No, we're, we're not doing that. We're not doing a tinfoil scarf thing. But, oh, my uh, God, you're so funny. Stop. But this has to be said. We're going to start going way back. Well, I don't know way back. But either way, we're going to go back to 1992 with this. June 1992. World League of American Football has its World Bowl championship. The Sacramento Surge. End up defeating Barcelona Dragons to go to Montreal to play in the title game against the Orlando Thunder. A hard-fought match led by David Archer, Eddie Brown, and Bill Goldberg, who would be, yes, that Goldberg of WWE and WCW fame, would end up beating Orlando for the World Bowl uh, 21-17. Fast forward 30 years and a couple months to September 7th of 2022. The Sacramento Republic FC just uh, coming off a couple months ago, defeating Sporting Kansas City in penalty kicks 5-4, now end up playing in the U.S. Open Cup final against Orlando City SC. Now, I don't know how this was drawn up, who could have predicted this, but could it be possible that Sacramento, in its 30th anniversary of winning the World Bowl by defeating Orlando, can we repeat it by beating Orlando City SC on their home turf? Because the World Bowl back in 92 was played in Montreal, Quebec, Canada at the Olympic Stadium, which I still have on my bucket list to visit. But this time, I'm actually going to be at the U.S. Open Cup in Orlando with a lot of our uh, fellow fans. I know... Sharon's going, Tina's going, Luis is going, Scott's going. We've got a whole bunch of uh, people going for that match. Can we pull it off? I totally believe that we can. We are going to be going nuts again, just like we did this past Wednesday. The humidity is probably going to beat our ass for it, but still, it's it's going to be party time if we pull off this win. I mean, that's. I, I still say it's got to be a conspiracy from somewhere upstairs to match these two cities together, which also, by the way, if you think about it with our match from this past Wednesday, not only did we take the NBA from Kansas city in 1985, we also took their open cup chances this past Wednesday. So we got two cities uh, that are uh, not exactly fond of us, but you know what? That's, that's fine. If we, if we got two haters, we need to get four haters 
if we got 20 haters, we need to get about 40 more by tomorrow. So we're going to do it. We're going to win this uh, Open Cup final, whether it be Orlando, Kansas City, Real Madrid. I don't give a flying fornicate. We are going to win this September. Dang it, Jared. That was awesome. Way to make all those historical um, like analogies. You know, this is this is pretty this is pretty. No, it's not a tinfoil thing. It's not a no. And I love making other teams just angry at us. And that's exactly what our coach has asked that we all do is to not be. We're not anybody's friends when it comes to time, time to play or time to battle. Sacramento has never been that. You know, it's so funny. You talk about those teams and this unsolved mystery thing. We've always been, we've kind of always had like a little chip on our shoulder. You know, they tried to take the Kings away from us. And we said, no, no, you don't. And we managed to not have that happen. You know, they said we couldn't have a professional soccer team in Sacramento. And then we came along in Sacramento Republic. And it was like an amazing, an amazing thing that has happened here in Sacramento. And they're a winning team. Look at, geez, we've gone farther than the Kings have ever gone. And we're only a second level, you know, second division. It's just, it's just incredible what we've done here. And the rumors are a buzz. We talked about it on our last podcast about um, investors now all of a sudden doing a head snap, looking our way. Can't, can't hold back. That's the best news ever. And there's just, it just continues, you know, poor Todd Dunavant fielding at least 20 interviews running up to the open cup, if not more that we don't even know about. We, you told us that NPR was getting set to interview us. We are, we're that kid. We're the kid. We're the wonder kid. Right, Jared? Absolutely. And, and the feeling among a lot of MLS fans, a lot of soccer fans is given the fact that we're the underdog that, that we've now taken down three MLS clubs and hoping to take down the fourth. I mean, we're just seen as looking to overthrow the empire at, at this point uh, with, with as, as much as uh, the Republic FC have done on the field. I mean, first of all, taking down our closest neighbors in San, San Jose and of course, taking down our regional foes in Los Angeles. Now we t- take down you know, a city that we've had sometimes with Kansas city. And then we could go, we can complete the four way by beating Orlando, you know, by, by closing the world bowl loop. I mean, how awesome would, would that be? And the fact that we're starting to get international fanfare, even by some folks in ESPN. And, 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 in, my, and in my opinion, ESPN has always had an anti-Sacramento agenda going as far back as the Kings, uh, Seattle uh, saga. So, the fact that the boys are, are doing all this work on the field and making ESPN do their head step, I mean, that speaks volumes, especially NPR. NPR, you don't really hear a lot of, but, you know, they are making a big message uh, for Sacramento Public FC. And, you know, my, my guy that I know out in Yuma, uh, uh, Victor, I mean, he's, he's just bringing it all forward. I mean, not only, you know, forwarding some links from the Sacramento NPR, but also, you know, talking about it uh, locally in Yuma Somerton, which is on the border of California, Arizona. So NPR ain't messing around. I mean, they're, they're getting the word out and i and I love them for that. So this is, this is just a, a golden age for Republic FC at this point. 
and Sacramento, you know, you think about other capital cities, you, you know, they're famous for other things, but now Sacramento is not only farm to fork, but we'll fork you. We're just going to fork you over MLS. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Luis, you do not have to bleep that. That is not a bleepable offense. That was literally a, an analogy of farm to fork, right? Right, Tina? That was farm to fork. She can't even talk. Yep. Yeah. No, sorry. I was on mute. Um, yeah, no, that was just, that got me. Yeah, that was completely clean. Nothing, nothing wrong about that. But yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think that, you know, I think we've already made our statement that we need to just with how far we've gotten at this point in time. I mean, I, I think you even mentioned this in one of your interviews, icing on the cake, if we can get MLS or icing on the cake, if we win this. I mean, we're going in the underdogs. Doesn't mean we can't win, though. And that would be amazing. But I think we've made a statement as a city and as a club just with what we've done so far and where we've gotten to this point. We are the fabric of Sacramento now. We're so part of the tapestry of this indomitable city. And I have to hand it to the early founders to come up with the right terminology that defines this club. We've continued to wear this whole entire thing. You know, Sacramento used to get flooded all the time. Well, it didn't deter us. We didn't move away. We just built our city a little higher. And that's the city of Sacramento, right? It's all raised up. There's a whole underground underneath the main part of the old part of Sacramento, right? And so they didn't give up. They just built it a little higher. And that's always what we do in Sacramento. When we, we always find a way. We find a way to continue to be who we are where we are and have more cool things that identify us and define, you know, our whole region. And this is just, this is phenomenal. Can't say enough. I know we need to close out the show. You guys have been wonderful to be on this long. We had a great match today. This has been a wonderful podcast. Thank you so much, Tina, for being a part of this. Jared, as always, thank you so much. Great Unsolved Mysteries. Any last parting words or final thoughts? Um, for me, I just want to thank you guys for inviting me uh, first. And then I think my my closing out comments really are just like, right now is a super exciting time to be a fan for the Republic. Um, you know, whether you're a new fan, just sort of starting to get into it. And, you know, we're going to get new fans that aren't necessarily bandwagon. I mean, yes, maybe they're coming in while they're, when we're on a high, but um, hopefully we're getting, we're, we're truly just exposing the city and more people to the to the sport and getting actual legitimate new fans um but it's just a really great time to be a fan for this club i'm super excited about our florida trip like I, the fact that we sold out I, I don't know how many seats they reserved for us but the fact that they sold out the first allotment of seats that were given to our supporter group within like 30 minutes and they had to open up more um just shows that we have dedicated fans that are truly willing to make the trip um, and that's just super exciting. <laughs> exactly, Tina. And it's not cheap. It's not cheap to go to Orlando. It just isn't, you know, no matter how you try, it's not cheap, right? So I know I'm spending a pretty penny, but as I told my family today, this is a once in a lifetime. This is once in a lifetime to follow this squad to something great. And then to be there in my seat for all the rest of the home league matches. I don't care. I'm, you know, it's like, Take my money. I love this sport and I love what this team is doing, you know? Yeah, agreed. 
Jared, any final thoughts or parting comments? Uh, I mean, I, as, as much as I can't wait for for the trip to Orlando, I, you know, I, I've also got to remember, I got to focus about the Las Vegas trip next month. It's just going to be amazing being back out there again. Uh, I know we're going to have some folks out there, you know, Scott's going to be out there for, for the match as well. So we're definitely going to be doing the whole strip and uh, uh, Fremont Street thing again. Hopefully, like last time I was out there with another victory. I mean, we we may not uh, have Juju to score that Galazzo, but somebody is going to be getting them Galazzos at Cashman Field. So got that to look forward to. And then, of course, Orlando. I mean, it's just a once in a lifetime experience. I mean, I've, I've gone to championships at uh, Rayleigh Field with, with the other Rivercats a couple times here and there, but they're nothing in comparison to this. I and mean, this is definitely a once in a lifetime opportunity. I had to jump on it. It kind of sucks that the flights are more expensive out of Sacramento compared to here in Phoenix, which is more of a hub airport for a few airlines. But nonetheless, I just want to get folks knowledge on, on how to get there as cheaply as possible. I mean, in our main chat, I discuss ways such as if you've uh, flown a lot, if you got frequent flyer points, look to see if there's any way to purchase additional points just in case if you might be short. Because what I did, I, I bought extra points because Southwest was having a sale on them. So instead of being $320 or so round trip, it only cost me the $56 to buy the extra points, the $5.60 that they charge you for booking with points, and then 173 or so for the flight back. So I ended up saving 80, $87 or so. So I want to make sure that all of you that are trying to make the trip to Orlando, if you need any help or assistance on finding the best way to squeeze that extra dollar to make it out there for that match, hit me up uh, on my socials, on Facebook. Just raise a hand. Just say something. And I'll do my damnedest to, to find any way that, to squeeze those dollars to get you out there because we need everybody we can out there in September in Orlando. This is going to be amazing. Yes, I agree. I agree. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, Jared. And, and you know what? Thank you to all of our listeners, people who listen and people who support the Republic and all the other teams that are here in the Valley. We have Scott Bradford, who's big time supporter of Fresno, Fresno Fuego, Fresno Fuego. <laughs> uh, Central Valley Fuego FC. Yes. Oh, sorry. Central Valley Fuego. Good, then I don't have to screw up that name. It's okay. We'll leave that one in. Everybody needs a good chuckle every now and again. And, you know, we we support Academica. You know, we support a lot of other squads. We support the women's squad. Um, stay tuned for a special guest on our 100th episode. Um, we, have, uh, we have women on there. We have men. We have people you know. We have people you love. Um, can't wait. And don't forget to buy your tickets. If you don't have tickets to the home match for RGB coming up on uh, the 6th of August, I believe it is. If you don't have your tickets, get them. There's still tickets available to go see this wonderful squad of ours. And they will be, uh, it's just going to be a blast. So on that note, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been a wonderful time. Follow us on social media. Don't forget we have our website. Uh, you can send in comments and uh, periodically we'll put in uh, the, your voicemail because you can leave a voicemail message and we'll throw those up, uh, whatever, you know, whatever works. So thanks again to both of you for joining us on the podcast and cue the music. This is the end of the episode for 99th episode of State of the Republic podcast. We can officially call this the Malik Foster episode because it's number 99. Oh, dude. 
And then also, of course, glosses of gratitude for for it to teach. Words are difficult. I I almost want to quote Depeche Mode here. Uh, Even I can't even remember those lyrics anymore, but more on that later. But anyways. We can't hear you, Sharon. I just muted myself because I was swearing. (laughs) Okay, guys. Any last point? Ah. 